Travels with Charlie is paid for by Jolly Convenience Stores, Mill Travel American Express, and Casella Waste. The views and opinions expressed in Travels with Charlie do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Radio Vermont Group. We welcome listener feedback. Email your comments to WDEV at RadioVermont.com. Well, it's all about all the folks you meet. Sitting in a diner or out in the street. Catch up with the news. Get your point of view. I want to hear what unravels. I'll see you in my travel. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Travels with Charlie, your host, Charlie Papillo. Thank you for joining us today. Great to be with you as well. A quick reminder, if you miss the show or you don't hear the entire show, it's always available at WDEVradio.com on the podcast as well as any of the videos that... Travels with Charlie shot uh, more than 40 videos, and those are on that website as well. If you have any ideas about uh, guests that you'd uh, like to see on the show or, you know, our uh, uh, Vermont-grown businesses uh, feature that we do, which we have one uh, coming up today, and you'd like to get that information to me, you want to be a guest on the show, see Papillo Radio at gmail.com. Today's show, great lineup as always. The M&T Vermont City Marathon, just months away, but uh, still lots happening leading up to it. The new executive director, Joe Connolly, is going to be joining me coming up uh, later this afternoon. Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight uh, will be here with details on Vermont's first electric refuse vehicle. They have it, and we're going to hear about that. But uh, joining me, uh, my first guest. On the program today, and an honor and so much fun, uh, you know, bringing back people that have been on uh, my, my program for many, many years ago. Won't you please welcome Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. Adam, thank you for joining me, and thank you for coming here to WDEV. Oh, it's always a great chance to get out of uh, Chittenden County and see the rest <laughs> of the world. But, you know, thank you as always uh, for having me here. And, and thank you for, for your sponsorship. Also, one of my new sponsors here on uh, Travels with Charlie, and we're going to talk about uh, the business uh, that uh, they've been doing for decades in Burlington and, and now expanding. But before we go there, I just have to say, uh, you know, just a little uh, story from the past. When, when Ernie and I signed off from doing our morning show on that other radio station in Burlington, uh, and everyone knows that, you know, we had graft rules there. You always brought uh, food in, and, <laughs> you know, and Adam's done the same today. We're, we're having a Detroit-style pizza, and there's, there's wonderful bagels and schmear and sandwiches and the like, but... It was Myers Bagel Cafe that provided the buffet lunch or breakfast, I should say, for the hundreds of fans that came out to say goodbye to us. And we had bagels, we had cream cheese, we had pastries there, we had coffee, and certainly that was all because of uh, our friendship over the years with uh, with Myers Bagel Cafe. So. Uh, once again, thank you and, and really appreciate that. Oh, it's the least we could do for what you guys have done uh, for over the years and you're continuing to do now for yeah. local business and uh, everything that goes around this green state. Well, and that's what we like doing. And this you know, feature is called Vermont Grown, and that certainly is what Myers Bagel Cafe is. It is Vermont Grown, although it has its roots in Montreal. So let's talk a little bit about the, the history of Myers Bagel Cafe. They are Montreal-style bagels. They are, and there is a, actually a very neat story behind it. So a gentleman in the uh, early 1950s, Meyer Lekowitz, came from Poland, who actually uh, was able to escape a concentration camp there, deported to Canada, and started working in a bagel shop up there, and within five years developed a craft and opened his own called St. Vidier Bagel, which is on St. Vidier Street uh, up in the uh, northwestern side of Montreal. And... He developed from what he had learned back in the homeland of using wood as the fuel source yep. to, to bake. And from there, that people always ask us, what's the difference between Montreal style and New York or standard style? Three major things, but the biggest is the energy we use. Just like a wood pizza is different than a New York style oven pizza. Right. We hand roll. Um, a lot of other places do hand roll. Um, and then the boil is the third. Uh, to be a bagel, it has to have a water-cooked before the hot cook. Right. And 90 plus percent of bagel shops I've ever seen use boil. Some yeah. do with steam. Yeah. 
if you gave me both, I don't think I could tell the difference. Uh, so, boil's the best. I, I've had them where they're steamed, and you go, ah, you know, it, it's not the same. You get that chewiness with the boil, uh, but you go one step further with that boil. It's not just water. No, we so we put honey in the water, and most people think, oh, that makes it sweeter. No, that goes back to the dough. What it does is when you take it out, the other nuance of a Montreal-style bagel is you get – Full encapsulation of all the toppings. So if you look at our bagel, it's got sesame seeds wrapped around 360 degrees. Yep. And that adherence of the, any topping is because of that extra sugar in the honey. Right. When it comes out of that boil, it makes it a little bit tackier. Yeah. They stick. The and and uh, again, as you point out, it's 360 degrees. That's not most bagels. It's just on the top. This is right. all the way around. Yeah, because the most are just put on a, a plank or a cookie sheet, put in a rotating gas or electric oven, and they sprinkle on top. Ours, we take them out, we toss them and toss them in bowls of toppings so yeah. we get as much flavor encapsulated. So how many different varieties do you make? And if you go to Montreal, uh, I don't know, do they still do? There's this, like There were two varieties, right, uh, in Montreal? Yeah, they've gotten the taste of American where they need variety. <laughs> I think if they had their way, and, I, and now I know because it's, yeah. it's so much simpler just to do. Uh, so they did black and white, which is sesame or poppy. But we... Like they they have cinnamon raisin, they have other things as well yeah. to expand their palates of everyone. But uh, back with there, a gentleman named Lloyd Squires, who I know you know well. Yes, he was a, a youngin up there and worked for Meyer at Saint Vitier Bagel for. He many was like years. 15 years old when he started, yeah, right? Barely, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and uh, dropped out of school yeah. and just did that full time. Did Did Lloyd lose count of how many bagels he's hand rolled? I know at one time he it, was. It keep, was. He, it was like it was like the McDonald's yes. of, <laughs> of bagels. You know, you should have put that sign up, hand rolled personally by Lloyd. Yes, and hand baked. And he, yeah. it tend if you ever go up there, um, I and mean, we try to do it best I can. But up there, they are literally machines. Yeah. Not physical machines, but people are machines. Yeah. Hand rolling these things as quick as you could think. Lloyd was a machine. Yes, that, he, <laughs> he was a dedicated baker. Uh, I've never come across anyone that much more dedicated to the art. You know, he, of that. Lloyd. Lloyd told me a, a story one time uh, about he used to go to Montreal. He used to go to Canada to, to buy the flour. I don't know if it was like a better flour or something. He liked the flour, and he would drive up there. And I mean, this guy, you know, he'd, he'd light the oven at two in the morning, and he'd be ready to go at four, and he'd be there till noon, rolling and 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 cooking. Cooking and baking and everything, and he said, um, "You'd get a you'd get a cup of coffee, uh, and you'd take the you've heard the story, and you'd you'd you know one hand on the wheel and one hand with a cup of coffee in your hand driving, and if you nodded off, the coffee would spill on you and wake you up." No, no he said, "I never drink the coffee. I'd right? have one I drink and I'd one I just hold, and that was his kind of wake up call for driving." And you know, I'll caveat there that's not an endorsement for anyone no, to go no. out there and try that. Not at all. Stay awake on the highway. If you've been to Myers Bagel Cafe or if you've been to uh, St. Viator in in Montreal and you'd like to talk with Adam Jones this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you. Your thoughts on, on Montreal-style bagels, what makes a bagel, and some of the great ba- bagel sandwiches that you make. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, the number to call is 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Adam's watching me. I haven't memorized this number. That's like right. The other one still rolls <laughs> off the tongue. Uh, uh, one eight seven seven two nine one eight two five five. Let's talk about some of, some of those trademark sandwiches that you do. Now, most bagel shops they have you know you get your roast beef sandwich, you can get your turkey sandwich, you get your turkey with your bacon and cheese and the like. But you've got one that, uh, that always comes to mind, and and you know along with that that oven that you have there, you're also smoking some meat. So you, you'll do a brisket sandwich, the McMire. Uh, man, if you wanted to put a smile on uh, on my partner Ernie Ferrar's face when when Adam would come in and join us and he'd go, I got some McMyers in the bag. Ernie would usually grab the bag and leave the studio because it was time to go and and. I think one time he pushed Lisa out of the way just to get in. It was. Uh... It was like the Seinfeld episode where George is pushing the lady to the fire. Out of the way. Boom. Out the door. The McMyers sandwich. Who came up with that one? And was that started around um, St. Patrick's Day? It was. It, uh, can't, it Probably two, three years after we came on board, Chris Kahn, my partner, um, is, is kind of the chef and the, the master of the, the smoked brisket and most of the meats we do. 
we wanted, we had the smoke brisket, which we have. It's the 377. That's truly done with a smoker, and we use La Platte local yeah. beef, and that's our signature. But we wanted something. People kept asking for Montreal smoked meat, which is basically like pastrami, corned beef. Right. And we wanted to do that, but our trademark, which Chris has done very well, is turkey. That many of our meats and foods we produce, you know, we don't buy deli meat. We roast them all in-house, yeah. like you were alluding to before. That's kind of the difference between us and a lot of the other different delis or bagel shops. But, yeah, uh, we thought, well, it's St. Patrick's Day. We need to draw in. I mean, people are up early or staying up late and not going to bed. <laughs> and they're looking for that, you know, that combination. And so how can you squeeze potatoes and beef and coleslaw or cabbage? Yeah. So, yeah, we have a, we have brisket, but we braise it in an oven, slow roasted. Have that with Swiss cheese, uh, grilled fingerling potatoes, coleslaw, and uh, these sweet, uh, sweet spicy pickles. It's it's that grilled fingerling potato that uh, that gets it, and of course it's on the grill, and then you smash it down. Yeah, so we yeah. parboil in salt water, yeah. pull them up. We kind of do a CPR method right. of smashing yeah. them down, and then we get a pan of uh, olive oil. We sprinkle our trademark Montreal spice on it grill them to get a golden brown, and then we serve those as a side dish all the time. Yeah. Then we take a couple of them and throw them on top of the sandwich. Now, some of those sandwiches, you know, speaking of, uh, you know, drinking coffee or eating while you're driving, <laughs> a couple of them are actually, uh, you, you kind of need to be at a counter, and yeah. you have to do that lean. It, <laughs> you know, you kind of lean in over the counter and and the napkins. Otherwise, you're going to make a mess all over the front of your no, shirt. No, and I'll, I'll speak to the masses here. Bagels as a platform of sandwich ours or any others they're great but they're not the best travel food because that hole in the middle which is what what makes our product different than the bun or bread yeah doesn't allude to great travel of the sandwiches and especially when you have you know fats and juices and things all the goodness coming well, you've got, out of it you know an avocado on there and yeah. an avocado is the worst so it just kind of you know you take a bite you know, yeah, it's, it's kinda, shot out the other side. It's just kind of—it's <laughs> on your lap now, you know. Right. <laughs> Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington uh, joining me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie with some some great news, uh, and we're going to get into that in just a moment uh, about a new location. But uh, before we do that, uh, let's talk a little a little bit about um, some of the pastries and the cookies that you have there at Myers. Uh, you know, when you first started on Main Street in Burlington, it was basically it was just bagels. Uh, and then on to Pine Street, and, um, and then the breakfast sandwiches and the grill in there, and um, kind of brought somebody else on doing the the cookies and the and the pastries and the like. You're not doing that in house, or somebody's doing it for you. Is, am I correct? No, that's correct. So we have a couple things that we, as the Myers Bakery, do, like a chocolate chip cookie, a brownie, um, a few other small items, but more the delicacies of the the bouchon, which is a that lavender cork shape delicate thing um, yeah. those are chris's wife emily runs her own bakery and works out of our kitchen and with that we grab some of her stuff the fingerprint cookies are you still doing the fingerprint cookies we haven't done those no. in quite a while yeah. i think that was something that lloyd had grabbed onto way back yeah. as well as there but she does this amazing rugula um in fact i went and ordered some from new york city in the last couple of weeks just to see um, and hers just kicks the butt out of anything. I, yeah, I've, I've seen pictures had. on uh, on Instagram. Yes. By the way, uh, Myers Bagel, Myers uh, Bagels, Vermont. Myers um, BTV. BTV. Yeah, like the airport. Uh, yeah, Myers Bagels, BTV. Then, yep, and Facebook. Well, on Instagram yeah. and Facebook, you can check it out. Yeah, the Rugula, you mentioned the Rugula. Just, you know, you look at it, it's like, wow. It just looks so much different than anything you've seen before. Lots of flakiness and, of course, uh, you know, the, the jam inside it. Uh, but you're, 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 everybody's excited about the babka that you're doing now. No, that's – and, yeah, Emily was thinking of that. We had it uh, – Chris and I went to New York City late fall and went into a lot of bagel shops and everyone had slices of that and uh, you know and he came back and said Emily you got to figure out this and do it and mm. she did a test one it came out great she tweaked it a little and now she sells little loaves of it and uh, she's uh, done a chocolate one now and if anyone doesn't know it looks like a little small loaf of bread yeah. it's light airy dough that's interfolded with filling and this one it's a yeah. chocolate ganache and it's not like a swiss roll i mean it's no. kind of it's all yeah, back and forth yeah, all over. Kind of each one is different over. it's like a, yes. it's Every like a bite work of has art more chocolate or less yeah. chocolate depending on how you slice it yeah. and go across and it has the sweetness of the filling but it's not overpowering like a danish or anything like right. that so it's it's a nice coffeeous accompaniment 
uh, along the way. What I never you, had it till I've been here. It's what would you say is your most popular um, bagel? Is it the you know the everything bagel? Or? So no, in house is the Montreal Spice, yeah. um, the collaboration that Lloyd had made. So we take the McCormick steak rub that anyone can get, yeah. and then we or I said Lloyd started and we've tweaked it, added about seven other Italian herbs on top of that because the rub itself is way too salty. Um, it's designed to put on steaks yes. and burgers and things yep. like that. So that diffuses the saltiness, eliminates the pepper kick to it to make it savory, salty, and a combination. And people try it, never had anything like it. And out of the door, that is. But when we go to all the grocery stores and we sell them as frozen bagels, the everything is everything the go-to of anyone's yeah. kind of standard, yeah. no matter what kind of bagel. Boy, i got to tell you, my uh, earliest memories are on Main Street in Burlington. And if you could get there... Just when a cinnamon raisin was coming out of the oven. And I'll say this, I mean, there is no better cinnamon raisin bagel anywhere. Uh, and this goes back to when I could eat three or four of these <laughs> at a time and you didn't worry about putting weight on. It's like, you know, give me a half a dozen, Lloyd, and you'd eat four before you get outside the door. They're just, they're amazing. Um, they're different because they're brown inside. Most of, most cinnamon raisin bagels are not. No, we do a very, probably a larger concentration of, of cinnamon there. And our, I think our raisin ratio beats out of most anyone I've seen yeah. uh, up this way or even like in New York City and other places. So mm-hmm. you get that full, say, you know, the, I wouldn't, you know, lack of better, the spice of cinnamon, yeah. the flavor, and then the sweetness of the uh, raisins there. But back to our difference. Montreal bagels are, you know, they're narrower, thinner, chewier. So when you grab a bunch and people eat them, you know, they are less quantity and less calories than a typical bagel. So you can eat two and not feel ashamed. Oh, I love hearing that. You know, what about about cream cheese? uh, What's the the most popular cream cheese flavor? How many different varieties of that do you have? It's kind of textbook, but plain cream cheese is probably two to one over everything. And then with with our flavors... The uh, veggie is there. Um, we do a Montreal spice, that herb rub we yeah. blend into the cheese is yeah. very good. And we do a roasted garlic and herb where we roast the uh, garlic bulbs in olive oil, fresh herbs, blend it all together, a little bit of salt. Mm. Yeah, comes out real nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more with uh, Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. We're going to talk about the new location opening up soon on Shelburne Road in Burlington. What's going to happen with Pine Street? And and you heard me talking about the Detroit style pizza. Well, we just, <laughs> I just had a slice. It's awesome, and that's going to be available on Shelburne Road as well. We'll talk about that and more right after this on Travels with Charlie WDEV. The waste and resource management industry is a complex, integrated system that many people and communities take for granted. Trash, recycling, compost, we're all familiar with the terms, but maybe not the truths behind the waste industry. Want to learn more? Beyond the Bin is a podcast by Casella, which shines a light on what really happens to our waste and recycling. If you're interested in environmental sustainability and renewable resources, then check out this podcast. You'll learn about waste and recycling, meet members of the Casella team, and one episode even deals with beekeeping. Check it out online at www.casella.com forward slash beyond the bin. I think this one's Blondie. Is it Blondie? Okay, we'll go with that. Welcome back. Travels with Charlie. Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe. Adam knew that song as well. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. We've got Jeff Weld from uh, Casella Waste coming up on the Sustainability Spotlight. And then Joe Connolly of uh, the uh, Vermont City Marathon, M&T Bank Vermont City Marathon, is going to be joining us. It's time to get you know get in shape and get ready for that. But we're talking food right now uh, with, uh, with Adam. And some. Well, let's get into the big news here. Um, expanding, moving to Shelburne Road, and that's coming up very shortly. I know you're just waiting on a few parts here and there. Yeah, no, it's uh, the longest wait that I've had in, in my <laughs> life. You know, somebody, oh, we're going to do something about a year and a half ago. But 
Uh, I guess, unfortunately, fortunately, the way of the world the last three to four years, the supply it's, it's chain changed. Thing, so, right? and yeah. the whole world, people know that nothing happens as quickly as it might have or it used to. So, I've been waiting to get a dryer fixed for six weeks now, and I was just told this morning that the part is in. <laughs> They're coming on Friday. <laughs> See, I would say wow, but now it's like well, that's pretty good. I think. <laughs> yeah, the way uh, other things that I've come across. So. so, so how will Shelburne Road differ from Pine Street? And what happens to Pine Street, that iconic uh, location in, on Pine Street in Burlington? So good news is we're, we're going to keep both for as long, as long as we can, as long as the model works out. The Shelburne Road location, 408 Shelburne Road, it, it's been a, many different things. It was mostly recently the Mimos restaurant there, yep. uh, right near the turn to Rice High School, if pe- people are familiar with South Burlington. Yep. And that will be, we'll make bagels there. Smaller batches, but there'll be fresh bagels turning out. And all of our cafe foods will be up there now. So if you want a bagel of cream cheese, bagel of butter, one of these sandwiches we've been talking about, that will be all up there. Pine Street, where we are now, uh, will continue as an operation to make bagels. They'll be cranking them out as long as we have the staff and Baker's Fort will be there. Most of those bagels will be reserved for a wholesale to grocery stores. And if anyone wants to come in off the street and buy a dozen, buy a half dozen, get a tub of cream cheese, they are more than welcome to do that. They just will not be able to get a prepared food product there on Pine Street. We'll have some prepackaged, the sweets and other stuff like there, so people can get a little bit of assortment. But if they're looking for that bacon, egg, and cheese or bagel with veggie schmear, that will be up on Shelburne Road. And as well, uh, we hope to start delving in, hopefully a month after we open with bagels, going into the evening fair where we'll highlight our experimentation with pizzas mm. over the years and do that full force. Which you've been doing on Friday nights out of Pine Street, right? You've been doing that uh, part of the Friday nights? Yeah, night, this whole uh, summer, uh, my uh, baker's uh, Dan and Ian came up with a great uh, dough recipe. It's not the same as the bagel dough, a little tweakness to it. Um, and there's the food truck stop that w- the um, hosted in our in our lot in their yeah. driveway. and. Yeah. We opened our doors up at night every Friday, and these guys cranked out pizzas, and they really came to good reviews. And we said, all right, got to figure out a way to do this more consistently and along the way. And the oven we've built at Shelman Road is smaller, so we won't yield as many bagels, but it'll still do well. But it'll make pizzas much more efficiently than we tried to do down there. So I think it's going to be a win-win. Well, i got to tell you, the uh, Detroit-style pizza that I uh, sampled uh, just before, sampled, I ate the whole slice, um, <laughs> <laughs> just before we went on the air, uh, you guys, that's a home run. You guys, you've hit it. I mean, you get that crispiness around the edge, which is traditional Detroit-style. It's cooked in a you know little cookie sheet, and you get that burn on the side, so yeah. it's crispy. Um, you know, you can push it down. It's spongy. It's nice and thick, and the sauce is delicious. There's pepperoni on it and a little bit of cheese, all the right uh, mixtures. It is awesome, but you're also going to be doing, of course, you know, a thin style, more uh, Neapolitan style in the wood-fired oven, as well as something that you don't traditionally see in the Burlington area, and that's uh, cooking on a grill, doing a grill-style pie. Yeah, Chris's forte has been with using wood for the energy to cook any type of food, and in his uh, restaurant in Rhode Island he kind of trained or worked out of school with, they had developed this wood-grilled pizza, which I had never heard of until he had some on his backyard. And basically you're taking a traditional pizza crust, spreading out even thinner, you just throw it on a grill for about 90 seconds, get that side nice and hot, flip it over, pull it off the coals, top it with light toppings, put it back on for about another 90 seconds, and you get this airy, crispy, wafery kind of crust to it. I mean, you could eat like 10 of them. Oh, <laughs> I mean, they're even thinner. You no, know, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. I mean, yeah. thin crust, tr- you yeah. know, wood-fired pizza. People say, oh, I can eat a whole one. But- you, you know what's interesting, Adam, is that, uh, you know, the, the, the way that you bake all of these items, whether it's a pizza, whether it's a bagel, uh, and I know sometimes people just don't get this. Uh, as you know, I have a wood-fired oven as well, and uh, I can use those same ingredients and cook it in my oven, in my house, in my home, and it doesn't taste the same. There's something that the wood fire does. Obviously, it's a higher temperature, cooking anywhere from yep. 700 to, to 900 degrees. So certainly most, you know, home ovens, you know, 5, 550, that's as, as high as it goes. Uh, you know, your first time putting a, something in that oven, if you think, you know, I got 12 minutes before I need to pull it out, <laughs> uh, you're not eating anything. You're going to have a nice little hockey puck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to work. So, um, 
you know, again, uh, I want to remind people, as you mentioned, with the, the Pine Street location, the, kind of using that as the workhorse now, because, and you've been doing this for years, uh, you know, mail order. I remember one time I walked in there and, you know, uh, Lloyd was packing up a box and he said, these are going to Hawaii. Um, <laughs> send yeah. bagels all across the country. Yeah, we have. And then um, shameless plug, when the McMeyer sandwich, we were featured on Man vs. Food back in 2018. Yeah. And so that was our first, like, big exposure visually and everything else. And it coincided with us fortunately getting an online ordering presence. So the two things married hand-in-hand. And every Monday, i.e. today, uh, we're packing up at least 10 to 12 boxes going out to homes. I know today I just did the labels. There was uh, Louisiana, Georgia. Um, there was three just in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. I mean, they talk about slaps oh, in the face. Oh, right? boy. That's like a guy walking around with a Boston Red Sox hat in New York City. Oh, no, like, I know. I'm, so, I'm getting bagels from Vermont. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of put a nice smile on my face there. Um, California, I mean, the only thing is just the cost effectiveness of shipping to the West Coast. Yeah. But, um, you know, UPS, we've got some good rates and get people out, especially on the holiday time. It's just a nice alternative gift that – Right. No one would think of doing. Yeah, and, and if people, you know, they're transplanted, they lived here, and then they've moved elsewhere, and they yeah. want a taste of, uh, you know, Burlington again. Yeah, that's where great. a lot of Lloyd's customers get. Yeah. They're either tourists who stop by or yeah. ex-UVMers or Champlain yeah. students who, you know, grew up and lived somewhere else. And they're like, I missed that yeah. from, from school. And, here, you know, because of the, the mail system right. or UPS system, now you can get them pretty decently. You freeze them up, and they can last quite a bit. Well, you can order bagels, Magel, uh, MyersBagels.com, MyersBagels.com. Just go to the website. You can order or stop in. You know, the sandwich, uh, the 377, is named after the address, 377 Pine Street. Will there be a 408 oh, sandwich? Without a doubt. Chris <laughs> has already gotten many notes there. I, what it is, I, I honestly, I could lie and say, oh, it's a surprise. But I don't even know. You don't so, know. But he's working on that. But yeah, we tend to. I mean, most of our foods are named after uh, like the Five Sisters salad, the Five Sisters area of Burlington, yes. or the Intervale is a you know vegetarian sandwich. So we try to again keep as locally yep. based and oriented as we can. Well, lots to look forward to. Uh, a new 408 sandwich pizza at the uh, Shelburne Road location. When that opens, is there a timeline, Adam, when it'll open? Well, like I said, yeah, we just got some equipment in, and we need to get that installed. And, again, the appropriate inspections between, you know, fire and health and things like that. Yeah. So for bagels, and I'll just say for bagels and the traditional that we do now, we're hoping by the end of February, uh, maybe first part of March, and then give us a few weeks to get the, you know, kinks yep. out. Yeah. And then we'll start slowly introducing the evening and pizza fair. All right. Sounds good. What kind of hours will you have on Shelburne Road? I know you're not open quite as late on Pine Street. So, yeah, right now we're 6 to 2. We're going to expand that to 6 to 4 uh, for the bagel fair of it all. And then when we go into evenings, we'll stay right through till probably 10 o'clock. Just doing pizza. Yeah, it will yeah. shift the menu right. there. We might offer a few yeah. bagel offerings to people who want to come yeah. in and not, you know, don't want that as an alternative. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and there'll be a few other surprises as well. Well, best of luck to you, Adam. Uh, again, Adam Jones from Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. Joining me here on Travels with Charlie. So appreciate uh, your your friendship over the years, your sponsorship of, of the program. And congratulations. You know, you guys just keep on doing it. Uh, all the awards that you've won, the uh, best bagel in each state from Tripping.com, Epicurious, one of the best in the U.S. Uh, you were, as you mentioned, on Man versus Food. And, of course, uh, the Seven Days uh, Daisy Awards. Uh, if you haven't tried a Myers Bagel, you need to get down there on Pine Street. And if you want to check out their pizza, uh, available soon on uh, Shelburne Road in Burlington. Adam, great seeing you today. Oh, absolutely fabulous to be here. Thank you again, as always, Charlie. Thank you for the goodies. And, of course, everybody here at WDEV (laughs) who will be enjoying bagels. uh, That's what they're uh, supposed to be eating. Absolutely. uh, Dig right in. Adam, thank you for joining me today. Great. Thank you. Good to see you. All right. Coming up next, uh, Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Straight ahead, right here on WDEV. Whether you're traveling for a vacation, planning a business trip, or have a global company looking for a strong Vermont-based company to align with for business and meeting management, Milne Travel is a trusted local partner, and they've been one since 1975. Milne Travel is one of the top travel companies based in New England, featuring educational tours, vacation travel, or corporate solutions let their travel specialists search the lowest airfares exclusive to the travel industry for you guaranteed we're all getting ready to travel again save time and money on your next trip go to www.millentravel.com 
a little drum music this afternoon. <laughs> I think Corm has stumped me. Wait a minute. Hold on. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I don't know, Corm. you got to let me know. Uh, I'm not sure of this one. You have Old stumped Collins. Phil Collins, okay, the great drummer, Phil Collins. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. It's time for the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. Jeff Weld is joining me. And, Jeff, you were just hanging on there waiting for me to, to give the answer. Uh, I, I know you knew the answer, but uh, um, thank you uh, nonetheless. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Charlie. How are you? Doing fantastic. Hey, great news. Um, Casella has just added an electric Mac refuse vehicle. In fact, this is Vermont's first. Is it on the road right now, Jeff? Yeah, so we, we took delivery of the first one here in Rutland uh, back in December, and then we've got another one on the way as well. So, yeah, um, we're excited about it. So some of the advantages, of course, uh, going electric, uh, as you stated in your press release, uh, you'll conserve about 7,500 gallons of diesel fuel each year. Um, you are currently, as you mentioned, uh, using it on uh, residential routes in the Rutland region. Uh, I have to ask you, being electric, is it is it quiet, Jeff? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing how quiet it is. You know, I think um, one of the things that we hear a lot is, uh, things about noise and time of day and things like that. So um, we're hoping that that, that solves some of it. Of course, the, um, you're still going to have the operations and things like that that are making noise. But the truck itself is, yeah, whisper quiet. Now, when people think of, uh, you know, trucks, they often think of, you know, Mac is certainly one of the big names synonymous with uh, with big vehicles. Uh, why did Casella choose a, a Mac? Yeah, I think, you know, our history with Mac is long. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of great success with them. And as they were de- developing the technology, you know, we found them to be a, a good partner for this pilot. Um, we liked their attention to keeping everything um, on the chassis side of things the same as their other vehicles. So our, our drivers wouldn't have to, you know, learn up an entirely new vehicle. Um, it'd be just like stepping into their diesel version, only this one's powered by electric. Sure. How are the drivers, um, you know, getting acclimated to uh, driving? Do they find that it's, you know, a little bit different? They get in and, you know, you turn the key and you don't hear, bum, 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 you know, just kind of, you know, that quiet. Uh, <laughs> is it on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I think that's one of the really interesting things. I mean, I had a few conversations with a few of our drivers, you know, I, uh, grew up around trucks and, and they were always in my family. And, and so I always like to hear, you know, what the drivers are thinking of these things because on paper it always sounds like a good idea, right? <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of them were skeptical. They didn't think it could get it done. And then after they drove it, they were like, wow, you know, um, going up Killington, you know, the, the diesel sort of bogs down, lags. Um, this one doesn't. Really? It might use a lot more power to get up that mountain, but it doesn't. It doesn't lag like a diesel would. And yeah. then, you know, with the regenerative braking, you make up all that power going down the hill. And that's so that's one of the things that's as it's going down. Yeah, that's very important uh, when you consider, especially, you know, uh, you know, a refuse vehicle. What is it doing? It's making lots of stops. So each time it stops, this regenerative uh, braking, it's actually recapturing energy, right? Yeah, yeah. It's pretty interesting technology. And even in the time that we were exploring the vehicles and trying to determine, you know, what direction we were going to go and, and all that, the, the, the technology has expanded. So, you know, we were seeing anywhere from uh, on the major hills, um, Killington being one of the, the testing grounds, you know, uh, major, major um, regenerative uh, braking um, and power uh, being supplied back to the vehicle. So um, it's really it's really interesting when you think about um, where the technology can go. You know, obviously we're in a pilot situation. We yep. need to make sure that it, you know, economically makes sense for us and our customers. Um, they're a bit more expensive than a diesel vehicle, but, um, you know, that's what the pilot hopes to tell us. Like yeah. Any pilot, and, right? You, and of course you'll be, if it's scalable or not. Yeah, you'll be saving on, on diesel fuel. Uh, Jeff Weld with the Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight joining me this afternoon on Travels with Charlie. Uh, Jeff, any concerns about the power grid supporting expansion if you were to expand and go to more electric vehicles? Yeah, I think that's, that's always a concern, right? I mean, you want to make sure that 
you're not scaling technology on the user end faster than can be supported on the, on the grid side of things. Uh, I think that's a challenge that Vermont and other states certainly are facing as we sort of go this route of electric vehicles. But that's certainly one of the things that we're going to be testing. Uh, we've, we've been able to implement the chargers into our uh, facilities. Uh, Green Mountain Power has been a great um, partner in making sure that we have what we need uh, to do that. And, you know, um, that's all part of the pilot, right? If you can't can't scale on the user end because the grid can't support it, then it doesn't make uh, much sense to do so. So we'll, we'll take a hard look at that. Um, but so far, uh, no real concerns on, on, on that side of things. When are others going to be added? Uh, do you expect to see more in the, in communities uh, soon? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that our hope is that we'll, we'll take these two, we'll get all the data of, of what a year looks like under our belts and really understand, you know, how do we optimize routes? How do we uh, make sure that, you know, these, these vehicles, um, you know, it's nice because, right, it's a, it's a closed-loop system, so... Unlike an over-the-road truck, this one's coming back to the same facility every night so we can charge it. So we got to see what that looks like over a year. What do the yeah. routes look like? How do we optimize them? But, um, you know, as far as scaling it, um, time will tell what that looks like. But, exactly. Oh. You know, we're, we're, um, we're hopeful for sure, and we, yeah. expect to, we expect to be able to scale them. Because when you think about, you know, a fleet with about 1,000 trucks in it, um, 7,500 gallons of diesel fuel, uh, could save it six bucks a gallon. I mean, you're, you're talking about. Well, don't ask, uh, don't ask me to do uh, the math. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a lot, lot of money. Jeff Weld, Casella Waste Sustainability Spotlight. More information. Uh, if you're looking for pickups, uh, want to find out more about this electric, uh, uh, Mac refuse vehicle that they've recently started using, Casella.com for more information. Casella.com. Jeff, always good talking with you. And we'll uh, check in with you again next month. All right. I appreciate it, Charlie. All right. Take care. Coming up next, the executive director of Run Vermont, Joe Connolly, joins me right here on Travels with Charlie, WDEV. When I'm on the road, I don't have to look very far for a place to fill my gas tank or my belly. Jolly Convenience Stores, with over 40 locations to choose from, makes it easy. Fuel for your car, fresh-made sandwiches, soft drinks, hot coffee, pastries, friendly service, and even creamies. Jolly Convenience Stores supports your community by sponsoring events, veteran organizations, and more. That's why I support them, and you should too. Stop in today. Jolly Convenience Stores, home of the Daily Smile. I don't know, a little bit of brain fog. I know the song. <laughs> Foreigner. Okay, I, I got half of it right. Welcome back to Travels with Charlie. Hey, first off, I want to thank uh, the sponsors of Travels with Charlie putting uh, this program on the air. I love doing it, and I know that uh, I love being with you uh, every other Monday here on WDEV. Of course, uh, Jolly Convenience Stores, uh, hot coffee, sandwiches, snacks, ice-cold uh, drinks, and, of course, fuel for your car. Casella Waste Systems, Casella.com, Zero Sort Recycling. We just heard about the new electric vehicle that they're using to pick up uh, refuse. In, in Rutland, Milne Travel, MilneTravel.com, travel specialist that searched the lowest airfares via the databases exclusive to the travel industry, get you the best price. And, of course, welcoming a new uh, sponsor to uh, Travels with Charlie, my good friends at uh, Myers Bagel Cafe, Montreal-style wood-fired bagels, delicious sandwiches, smoked meats, flavored cream cheeses, pastries, Pine Street, and, of course, uh, opening soon, Shelburne Road with pizza, and mail order is available. All right, next up on Travels with Charlie, welcome to the new executive director of Run Vermont, Joe Connolly. Joe, good afternoon. Welcome to Travels with Charlie. <laughs> hey, Charlie, uh, traveling all day here. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I, was, uh, I really enjoyed the talk with Jeff there. I was, uh, learned a lot going. They got so much happening out there. Geez. Absolutely. And of course, uh, you know, people may recognize the name Joe Connolly. He's been involved with, uh, with Run Vermont and, uh, and the Vermont City Marathon for years. And, and you've probably even seen a, you know, a photograph or a, a you know, a video of him recently is, uh, uh, the M&T Bank TV commercial. Um, you're, you're oh, on yeah. TV now, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, 
I'm much more in tune with radio. I got to say that's for sure. It's my background, uh, more much more so. But yeah, yeah M and T had a great editor for that, and um, it's a little bit weird. You know, you're prepping dinner and Jeopardy's on, and all yeah. of a sudden you got your voice in the other room. But hey, learn to live with it. And um, I, I really love the energy they put together. That is the Vermont City Marathon. That's you know the people coming across the finish line, all the cowbells around town, what's happening in the neighborhoods. Um, so, yeah, I've really enjoyed um, seeing that. They did such a good job. I've just got to thank M&T for the opportunity to be a part of that. Um, it was beautiful. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it really captures uh, certainly, you know, myself being there for more than 20 years, I think, as part of the, the broadcast team. Uh, it really captures the the excitement of the day, you know, where you can see all the faces, the runners, the uh, the, the volunteers and the like. And, and of course, uh, we all understand that this event would not happen without the support and sponsorship of uh, people like M&T Bank. Yeah, critical. Yeah, critical. The support of the community, the support of the sponsors, and uh, M&T. It's not just the, you know, the cash that they put up to make this thing happen. It's all the people they bring in, um, the way you know they dress up the start and finish areas, and the people that are there. And you know, really, it's a whatever you need um, uh, relationship. And it's been great for. Um, you know, for uh, before it was M&T, it's great now, and um, just love working with those people. Well, let's talk uh, talk a little bit at uh, Joe Connolly, my guest this afternoon on Travels with Charlie from uh, Run Vermont, and of course the M&T Bank uh, Vermont City Marathon. Uh, the new executive director, uh, as we all know, you know, Pete Delaney, uh, he stepped down. He retired last year creating this opening, and you're certainly the perfect candidate. Um, you were director of race operations, but as I mentioned, you've been involved since the first Vermont City Marathon. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um you know, uh, longevity, I guess it says something there. 1989 was our first uh, Vermont City Marathon. I uh, ran in that one. I used to train with some of the people who were principals of, uh, of producing that first race. And, and then for the second year, I started to volunteer with the event. And, uh, you know, from small steps, bigger things come, I guess. Um, uh, really enjoyed the volunteer work I did through pretty much all the 90s. I did run again in 93. Um, and um, but that's the last time I got a chance to run the race. I've uh, been a volunteer 2001. Um, I joined the staff in a very, very seasonal, very part-time role, um, just doing some basically special projects that um, Andrea Cicino, our race director at the our event, uh, exec director at the time, um, needed done, and then you know moved into a par- uh, year-round part-time and kind of a what do you need thing. It's been a um, a very interesting last 23-ish years here, and, um, you know, we miss Peter every day. He did such a great job uh, for, I think, 13 years here um, and uh, really moved our organization in um, uh, a much more year-round direction. We yep. produce about 15 races a year now, um, so it's the marathon plus a couple other kind of bigger size, bigger for Vermont anyway, uh, races, and then a bunch of smaller ones that are very, very community-driven, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll work with a specific host um, on that one. Like, right now, we've got our Freezy Cheeks 5K series. It's in process. We just had the first one, and we've got one coming up on February 18, and then another one on March 18. Mm. And, and those are just super open, loose, fun. We, yeah. We're just, it's wintertime. It's People are making resolutions. They're trying to get fit. And great, if we can provide a format that um, gives you all a chance to, um, you know, get out and do some running, do some walking, whatever the case may be, that's a win for us. Well, appropriate name, too. Uh, February, if, if the weather February 18th is Ooh. anything like it's going to be uh, this upcoming weekend, there's going to be some freezy cheeks on that course, uh, uh, to say the least. But, you know, people that run, and I see this all the time in my community, uh, that people that love running, all they need is a day where there's no snow on the ground, and even sometimes when there is snow on the ground, and they're out there running, they're training, and, yeah. of course, you know, May 28th is not that far away, is it not? <laughs> Well, yeah, I think we're at um, about 16 weeks out now, roughly. Yeah, um, yeah and that's, so people who are uh, planning on running the full marathon at the VCM, 18 weeks is a typical training cycle, and so they should be 
they should be uh, making a move right now. Um, if you're doing the two-person relay and running a half marathon or a five-person relay, um, those tend to be the real community events for um, our Vermont community. The marathoners is about 25% in-state and 75% of the marathoners come from out of state, but the relays, um, that's, that's our in-state people. And, you know, so yeah, it's, if you get going now, um, then you'll be in a great position to, uh, to run that race, uh, at the end of May. Are relays more, um, popular than, uh, than full marathons right now? It seems like that's a way that, because, uh, you know, with the, with the M&T Bank Vermont City Marathon relays, you can run as little as just, uh, three or four miles, if I'm not, uh, yep. mistaken, right? Yep, exactly. We're um, we're the largest marathon relay in the country. Um, have been, you know, we were the first marathon to also have a relay that started right away in 1989. Um, and then there's quite a few more um, that have come, uh, you know, that have uh, started up over the years. Um, but we still are the largest. Um, and um, yeah, so just um, I, I think we still uh, like. Count all the teams, count all the marathoners, we have more marathoners. Yeah. Count all the people on the teams and count all the marathoners, and we have more people doing the relays. Gotcha. Yeah. Questions or comments from my guest this afternoon, Joe Connolly with uh, Run Vermont, 244-1777 or 1-877-291-8255. Over the years, and I can attest to this, uh, you know, we've had, uh, you know, starting lines, uh, uh, not so much the starting lines, but well, we did last year, but, uh, um, you know, finish line changing because of some changes on the course. There was some construction going on. The waterfront, uh, you had to make up four or five feet somewhere. You know, you don't just, um, you know, you know, it, it's actual 26.1. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 26.2 all day long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so uh, how many different changes can you recall, you know, certainly as, oh, as director of race operations, uh, you can recall many of those changes that we've had where the finish line moves or, or even last year with the starting line uh, changing. You know, Charlie, it's it's funny you ask that because um, that was that was kind of like um, a little bit of a running joke around our office here um, is that um, we were pretty stable for a lot of years with our course. It, um, you know, we set it in 93, and it didn't change a whole lot through, you know, 2010, 2012, maybe something like that. You know, little little changes here, but then the last decade, it seemed like every year Peter would come up to me um, and say, "Hey, Joe, I need you to figure out a little different course for us here because you know." And sometimes it was it was weather related. We had one year that the lake was really high yes. and um, part of the course was underwater. So how do we get around that? And so that was my job was figuring out all the like puts and takes that you needed to come up with a course that would be certifiable and it starts in a, a place that makes sense and it finishes in a place that makes sense. And it used to be really easy when the old course um, was out on the, the Beltline Highway in Burlington, miles 4 to 8, because it was out and out and back. So it's like, okay, I'd measure the, the other 24 miles or 22 miles of the course. Um, and then that four-mile section, I would just figure out, okay, I need this much more, and I would, you know, Run the run the bike out halfway, make a mark, run it back, oh, yeah, and it's sure. like, there you go. Yeah. Well, now we don't have an out and back section on the new course. Now that we've moved the start and finish both to Waterfront Park, it's so much easier to handle in a lot of ways. Um, but not having that out and back makes it a real challenge. And um, yeah. yeah, we came up with a good one uh, for the half marathon, the end of twenty twenty one, and and that uh, tied over into last May's race, yeah. and now. Um, this May will have probably another little tweak to make because of Amtrak now being in business right here. The right. Amtrak goes across the course, so we'll we'll make a little tweak there. Well, I'm I'm sure uh, many of the runners uh, appreciate the fact that they don't, you know, the the belt line was, you know, for years they nicknamed it the frying pan. Um, yep. There's no trees out there, and that was one area that uh, could get tough pretty spot. warm out there. It could, it could be a tough spot. You're still going through the neighborhoods on North Avenue. I know one of the, the uh, fun events, that uh, the competitions that happened out there, you know, these neighborhoods compete. They bring in bands. They bring in music and all kinds of, uh, you know, fun things. Uh, is that uh, going to continue on, that tradition? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, when we did come up with this new course um, that we put into play in October 21. Um, it was like, uh, you know, what's on the whiteboard for the places that um, we've got to take this race to in Burlington? 
the city parks are so nice. We got to run through a bunch of those. The yeah. bike path. It's next to the lake. It's you know, it's it's a highlight. Church Street Marketplace. Um, you know, the the neighborhoods we hit. Yeah. So it was like, okay, how can we maximize the fun on this course? Still have a fast course and have a course that makes makes a lot of sense out there. And yeah, so um, yeah, so we still hit um, you know South Cove and. Foster Street in the South End and Pine Street has blown up so much more than it was 15 years ago. A lot happening out there, a lot of good music, arts district. We get up to the you know the North End and um, we've got um, Lakewood Estates and down through Letty and everything. So um, yeah, I, I I'm jealous of everybody that gets to run this course and I wish I could. Um, I do it in training and that's yeah. fun, but on race day with the cowbells and the bands and all the craziness out there. Mm, I miss it. I think it's Lakewood Estates that wins uh, the the neighborhood uh, competition every year, is it not? They <laughs> they have T-shirts made up and everything. I know they're pretty uh, uh, adamant about it. The key to that statement was, and everything. <laughs> Entry fees are, are reduced right now, is that correct? Uh, we are into our, uh, well, they are reduced on the relay side, yes. Okay. Um, and that'll be good, I think, through the end of February. Uh, sorry, I'm not up on my dates. I know it's not January 31 that the the relay goes up. Um, I think it's end of February. And the marathon is at a regular regular rate right now, okay. which is uh, 135 a runner, which is for all you get with this race. Um, that is a very, very good deal. Um, and, you know, you're looking around at, oh, Boston is... 250 bucks now, and New York City's probably over 300 at this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And this one's much, you know, it's much more intimate. I mean, uh, you know, I talk with the runners that are from all over different parts of the country that have run in different marathons, and they just, they love the intimacy of this marathon. If you want to run, uh, want to find out more information, runvermont.org. That's the website, runvermont.org. Before we go, Joe, I know we got to talk about the importance of volunteers. Always needed because oh, yeah. this race would not happen without those volunteers. And people can sign up right now, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep, we've got all the job duties up there, not just for um, the marathon in May, but also for our half marathon unplugged, which is on April 8th. And, uh, you know, it's a smaller race, but we need all the infrastructure for the marathon. It's hundreds of volunteers. I think we had about 700 volunteer shirts that went out last year. Um, and that's what this race runs on, community sport. And um, we've been a we're a not-for-profit here. We we count on um, you know our neighbors to come on out and help with the course. We've got some higher-level uh, marathon command positions that are available. So if someone really wants to find out how you know things work from the inside, um, yeah, we'd love to talk to you about uh, what's available. All right, runvermont.org. Joe Connolly, the new executive director for Run Vermont and the M&T Bank, Vermont City Marathon. Lots of events coming up even before May 28th. Of course, that entire weekend, you've got the sports and fitness show. You've got uh, the kids' races on Saturday. You can find out all of that information at runvermont.org. And, Joe, we'll have you on again, I'm sure, before uh, right. Marathon Weekend. So, Thanks for all the support, Charlie. My pleasure, and uh, we'll talk with you again soon. Take care, Joe. Thanks. All right, there you go, runvermont.org for more information. Uh, quick uh, shout-out to all of my sponsors, of course, uh, Casella Waste Systems, Jolly Convenience Stores, Milne Travel, uh, and Myers Bagel Cafe in Burlington. My theme song is written and performed by Billy Bratcher. My executive producer is Brad Furlan. Running the board today and trying to stump me is uh, Steve Cormier. Uh, quick uh, reminder coming up on the next show that's going to be on February 13th. That's a Monday, of course. Representative John Kalaki will be joining me. We'll talk a little bit about politics and what's going on in the legislature, but uh, his art installation, he's also an artist. And we'll talk with Aaron Galemore. Yeah, that Galemore, that's, that's John's son, he was recently on Shark Tank. If you missed it, we'll talk with him about the, about that. I'm Charlie Papillo, and I'll see you in my travels.